I'm going to keep this short and sweet. We've got a great guest on the podcast today. Uh, <laughs> we've got shows coming up this month and next month. I want to let you guys know about June 8th. That's tomorrow if you're listening to this on the first day. I'm in Anderson, South Carolina with uh, Larry the Cable Guy at the Anderson Civic Center. And then next weekend, June 14th at the IP Casino in Biloxi, Mississippi. June 15th at the Republic Country Club in Houston, Texas. Those are both with Cable Guy. And then, mark these down, get your tickets now. June 20th through 22nd, I'm going to be in Omaha. June 20 to 22, Omaha Funny Bone. I've got a special ticket price for you guys, for Nick Hoff fans. Uh, when you're checking out on their website, use the code word Nick, all capital letters, N-I-C-K, for $5 off tickets. I don't know how much longer that promotion is going to go. So get those tickets. I want to sell these shows out. So Omaha's like, uh, yeah, we should have him back, and maybe we should have him at other Funny Bone comedy clubs. It's a huge chain, you guys. There are like 15 of them across the country. And if I do well at this one, maybe they'll move me on to other ones. So spread the word. Invite six friends that don't know who I am. Uh, and then tell everybody who knows who I am <laughs> that I'm coming. June 20 to 22, get those tickets. Then July 11th through the 13th, I'm in Louisville, Kentucky at uh, the Comedy Caravan there. So get those tickets now. And uh, without further ado, we're going to go on to the podcast. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> All right, my guest on this episode of the Hoffcast is the very funny comedian Michael Gelbart. Hello, comedy lovers and Hoff, Hoffcast fans. Uh, I think you need to hold it a little further away from your mouth. Hello, comedy lovers and Hoffcast fans. All right, welcome to the podcast. Michael is recording. He's in the uh, recording studio in the Hoffcast studios here, uh, laying on the ground. I'm tired. <laughs> Michael got here. We had a nice lunch together. Uh, we got caught up a little bit, which may have been detrimental to the podcast. I don't know. We'll see. It won't be. If you didn't tell the listeners that I was lying down, they would suspect that I was uh, jumping up and down. <laughs> laying down with his eyes closed right now. <laughs> I want to make a point about how you can sound entirely different than what you're currently looking like. All right. You but guys they know the now. They know the secret. Well, I can cut that out. No. Well, they... we'll see. I'll put it at the end as like a cut. Like a like, what's that? What do they call that after a movie? Deleted scene. A deleted oh. scene. That's what this will be. Uh, I'll put it after the credits roll, and it'll be a little deleted scene. All right, maybe you could do whatever you want. You could keep it the way it is. Either way, I'm guessing they're gonna tune out though as soon as I roll that credit. They're gonna be like, "That's the end of that episode. I'm on to the next one." Yeah, they don't want to find out who the the villain is in the next. No, you don't want to get ruined, and all of a sudden you see Thanos with his glove. Yeah, that's exactly I right. I didn't see the latest Infinity War, did you? Of course, course you... I see movies opening weekend. <laughs> and what did you think? Was it good? Yes. Why are you so far behind from the I culture? I have children. I have three children that I must father. I know, but sometimes... I have sired three childs, and now I must parent them. 
But like children we, love the Avengers. Actually, your kids are slightly too young. I would love for my kids to be of the age to take them to PG-13 movies. Have you taken them to movies at all yet? Yes, and they watch for about a half hour, and then they get distracted and want to run around. So there hasn't been a movie yet that's held their attention for the whole hour and 45. No, Pixar's The Good Dinosaur almost got us through. Pixar's The Good Dinosaur was the only Pixar movie I haven't seen. Really? Well, yeah. we have it. Do you want to? I don't <laughs> do want to watch, watch it. it while you're no, doing this I'll podcast. That... You can add one more thing. <laughs> I'll let that be the one that I missed. Okay. It was the opening weekend of Creed, the uh, the Rocky. Oh yeah. And I went to see a seven o'clock show of Creed, and then right next door was The Good Dinosaur. So I walked in after Creed was over, and I watched. Ooh, the... you did the buy one ticket double feature. I'm not sure I even bought one, but uh, <laughs> I might have had a free pass. But I went in for the good dinosaur, and I'm sitting there five minutes in, and I'm like, I'm I'm sure this is fine, but I'm going back. I'm leaving this theater and watching Creed a second time. Instead. So you watched Creed twice instead of a uh, good dinosaur once. Yes. Interesting. Did you like Creed? Oh, uh, yes, of course. I watched it twice in a row. And since then, I've probably watched it three more times or four. My God, what it must be like to have that kind of time. Yeah, I don't have any kids, folks. I mean, I haven't met the right lady yet, but uh, I want to have one kid. I, maybe I, take maybe take a nap instead of watching Creed five times. <laughs> maybe then you wouldn't have to lay down. Do you think my exhaustion is because two and a half years ago I watched Creed five times? I don't think it could have helped. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you could... No, I don't think you stay tired from experiences two years earlier. You don't think that you could ever, like, you don't believe in the notion that you can catch up, like, take a nap and catch up on sleep. I think that you, if you're exhausted because you had a really busy week, maybe that weekend you could sleep all day Sunday and that helps. But I don't think I'm catching up on sleep from two and a half years ago. Well, you won't know till you try. I, How uh, many times have you seen Creed 2? About four. Oh, heavens to Betsy. <laughs> no, sorry, Come I on, lied. Gelbart. I lied to the listeners. I saw Creed 2 three times. You saw Creed 2 a total of three times? Yes. Okay, which one's better, Creed 1, Creed 2? Creed, the, the original Creed is better. Is that right? Because yes. the trailer for Creed 2 was so good, and Rocky 4 was maybe the best of the Rockies in terms of rewatchability. It really depends what you're going to what what you're looking for. I want to go for. to war with Russia. <laughs> so it, what, what you're is, what, what you're looking for in a movie, right? Like right. the Creed movies as well as that movie Rocky Balboa brought the Rocky series back to uh back to reality. Sure. And so they're grounded in human behavior now. Yeah, they don't and, have and, six and, montages. And, and so while uh Rocky 4 is very rewatchable and fun, it's not it's not grounded or it's not the same kind of fun. Right. It's more fun. It's I don't the know kind of movie I might watch I don't know if it's times. more fun because I like when my movies, my characters in movies have emotional uh, 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 things that hurt them that you feel you can feel for because similar things might happen in your own life. You can relate. So when, you relate to Creed. As a black man <laughs> who has to fight his father's shadow? No. No, I don't relate to him <laughs> as a black man. I, I, I do relate to... But there are things that you relate to the human behavior. Not You don't have to be someone to relate to their... No, I know that. Yeah, I know you're doing a thing, <laughs> but I'm still answering you like it's a, 
like you're saying it for real. Gotcha. Okay. So how's I this have not going seen... so far? I, I'd like. To, I wish there was a way to know how it's going. I, I think uh, we won't know that <laughs> for a few weeks. I think it's going great. I think it's great. Are you having fun? I love it. And, <laughs> In your and, laid back position, you've now po- perched an arm behind your but head. But I've also as made a, a pillow. Yeah, there are prop- pillows right behind you, by the way. Oh, I didn't know that. If you want to just grab one of those decorative pillows, you can. You can, there you go. Now he's getting comfortable, people. If you thought Michael was was salty before, get ready. I I want to say that I don't sound like someone who's lying down. I fully there believe. is a there is a timber to your voice that I feel like people can tell now that I've said it. We should never have said it. Th- that's true. They would never know. Had no, I not because said it. I promised you when we started recording that I'd be more, I'd uh, be less lethargic than I was beforehand. Okay, okay, lethargic, Michael. What? What is the best Rocky movie out of how many are there? Seven? There are five movies called Rocky. Like no, there are six. There's Rocky yeah. one through five, then Rocky Balboa. That makes six, and two Creed, two Creed films make eight. Right. Which one's the best of the eight? Let's go uh, with a tie. Uh, okay. The original Rocky, number one. The second best one is Creed, or tied for first. Okay. Okay. Then after that, so you like one and seven. I like These are your one. favorites. Well, I don't. I don't really consider Creed Rocky Seven, but it is. In sure, some I ways. do. Yeah, yeah. It's from the same universe, but it's a. It's it launched its own identity. You know. Are they setting it up for a Creed Three? Will there be a Creed Three? I've heard talk, that and I, I don't know if it's the best idea in the world. But I've been proven wrong more often than not. I'll for something, something to be the best idea in the world, that'd be have to be some movie. When I was younger and even recently, I was very good at predicting how well a movie would do at the box office. I was good at picking hits. <laughs> and then I late... love that you pride yourself on that. Listen, even at a young age, I could tell you, listen, E.T. is going to be gangbusters. When I was 10 or maybe even 14, I, I, I don't want to exaggerate, but I was very good at going, this movie's going to make $56 million this weekend and getting it close, right? Okay. And I was good at predicting how well it would do in foreign markets. I, this is an interest of mine. I'm sorry, but it is. I'm a film guy. Uh, and so I'm here to announce to the listeners who don't care at all about me. No, they do. Oh, that's good. If you're of interest to me, then people who listen to this podcast will enjoy. Years ago, I wrote a screenplay. And it was a romantic comedy, right? And I had an executive producer attached. He got me very big meetings with uh, production companies. I, I met Anthony Hopkins because we were both waiting to go in for our respective meetings. What year are we talking about here? 2011. Okay. So I knew you. Yeah, you knew me. So, so I was attached. You had me loosely attached. I had lo- loosely attached, which is why it fell apart. <laughs> oh, is- hell. They, uh, they, and then they offended the host. They, no, they were upset that I didn't have you completely as Sure, yeah, I wasn't And they're like, when you, get, when you get Hoff to commit, we'll commit to you. Oh, was that that period where you were texting me, hey, buddy, and I just wasn't responding? Yes. Yeah, so the, during the <laughs> Hey Buddies, you could have started in a, a studio feature. So Opposite I had, Anthony Hopkins. I had, uh, I had these. No, he had his own meeting, and I had a, a meeting. You, oh, you just ran into him. Yeah, we were sitting gotcha. next to each other. And it was so cool, but uh, then we I went to my meeting and he went to his. And right? the studio booked Fracture instead of the It was untitled... around the time of Fracture. It really was. <laughs> right now, the audience it, is I think he was promoting fracture. it at the time. Okay. But uh, uh, I had really great meetings. For those of you who don't know, there's a, there's a if they like your writing, uh, they'll have you in for what's called the general, just to get to know the studios. guy. Studios, if yeah. the studios yeah. like a person's writing. Yeah, so I went in, I went in like, 
in like a month I went to like 10 generals and they all like they were all 90 minutes long at talking about the script and asking me what other ideas I had for movies just to kind of get to know me, right? Right, right. Those usually don't turn into anything, right? Sure. So very recently uh it seemed like the romantic comedy had fallen out of favor with the public. Like uh, the only romantic comedies that still make money were Crazy Rich Asia- Asians, and that also appealed to a very diverse audience that was not used to seeing themselves on screen, right? Is that so, a romantic comedy? Crazy yeah, Rich Crazy Asians? Rich Asians is inarguably a romantic but comedy. But this is 2011. So no, but I'm was... just talking about, I'm, I'm taking you to present day now. Okay, okay. The movie came and went, and. Uh, Your movie. My movie. But then, uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, what was coming out in theaters? Uh, uh, the the uh, the long shot, long shot. Okay, yep. Seth with, Rogen uh, and Seth Rogen and Scarlett Johansson. Uh, no, no, Charlize Theron. No, oh, they're the same person. No, they're not even close <laughs> to me or anyone. I'm so, sorry. <laughs> uh, so then I was like, I love this trailer, uh, and I also uh, saw that the Rotten Tomatoes score was very high. Sure. And so critics loved it, and the trailer killed. So I thought. The romantic comedy is back. Okay, and they're gonna. They're, this movie's gonna make a hundred million domestic, and it will help people care about that movie I wrote again. Okay, so I reached out to the executive producer. I go, you should reread this movie because Longshot's gonna make a hundred million domestically, <laughs> and we're gonna want to go back to studios with it again and get it made this time. Sure, and then. Uh, uh, so he goes, okay, absolutely, let me read it again. And while he was reading it, the movie opened and did not perform as I predicted. And oh, it so didn't the make movie, it to 100 million? The movie will top out at about 30 or 31 million. Is that right? Yeah, domestically. Yikes. Now, this is not an indictment on its quality. It it worked, and I really thought that it was going to do well, but I think the general public is... Gen- First of all, they had to compete with the second weekend of Avengers, and it's a very, very crowded marketplace. Yeah, and Scarlett Johansson was already in the Avengers, so... And she was not in Longshot. <laughs> no one likes... Uh, like I feel bad because I, I assume they're going to listen to this at some point. Uh, Char- uh, Charlize Theron or Scarlett Johansson will probably hear this. Yeah, I'll send it to them first for approval. No, eventually I see you as someone whose podcast is going to blow up to the degree where they're going to be aware that this is out there. Yeah. It's very possible. And they probably look at posters of each other and walk by and think they're looking at a mirror and then they're no, like, oh, no, they that's just the They don't look new. the same. <laughs> they're really close to the same. I mean, they are, I mean, R.I.P., but Patrick Swayze, Kurt Russell were the same person. <laughs> I don't even think they look alike either. <laughs> they're the, but they're the same kind of actor. You see? And I, they look similar. No, they uh, look similar. No. I, the only ones I get confused about and everyone in America does are Dylan McDermott and Dermot Mulrooney. Because their, well, their names are the same, but their they names don't are look the same, the same. But they also sort of had the same level of celebrity and seemed to be playing the same guy. See, I always thought Dermot... Say the first guy. Dylan McDermott. Dylan McDermott. I always thought he was interchangeable with the Californication guy. Oh, that's David Duchovny. David Duchovny and Dylan McDermott. I they thought didn't seem they the were same. the same. No, but anyway. And, so the, when the movie only made thirty, which is uh, which is not much. Sure. And, and by the way, I really I don't want the romantic comedy to be completely dead as a theatrical experience. 
I, I do think that those movies are going to start shifting to Netflix more and more. Right. When people go to the movies and go, this feels more like a, a movie I would watch on Netflix than they, I'd watch in theaters. Kind of like a lazy Sunday rather than go get me popcorn and check But it it's out. unfortunate because I, I like, the, uh, I like the, to- the period where there was a lot of different kinds of movies in theaters. And now it sure. just seems that... Uh, it seems that there's a very specific kind of movie that's a wide theatrical Well, let me release. tell you this, and you're not going to like this, but I am discriminatory at what kind of movies I will go see in the theater. And guess what? Most of the time, it's not a comedy. No, of Which I not. hate. But this just doesn't feel like a theater movie, unless it's like the big one that everybody's been anticipating. But I think last time I went to go see one was Dumb and Dumber 2. Yeah. And that, and was... that was a horrible disappointment. And yeah. I love Peter Farrelly. I love the Farrelly brothers. I love Jim Carrey. I love Jeff Daniels. But it was just, it wasn't very good. I would have done that movie entirely different if I were them. And I, it's as easy would to, I. It's easy to be armchair quarterback. Yes. And also it's easy to talk after the fact. But I would have liked those two guys. Like they tried to make it. Like, they were both still incredibly dumb and had remained... They haven't grown at they all. They hadn't grown at all. But I think it would have been a much more interesting choice if, since the movie is taking place virtually 20 years after, mm-hmm. if you have them... They hadn't seen each other in years. They're both re- respectable married men now who look like regular, decent members of society. Yeah. And then when they come together again, they devolve the back in... Off. Yeah, that, that's when they... Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, any idea now is potentially better than the what happened. Yeah. It's very hard to make these things and make them well. Yeah. So I don't like uh I try not to be overly critical of something that does not go No, I don't want to be overly critical, but I I mean I'll call a spade a spade. Yeah, i was here's how it went for me. I went the first day super uh-huh. excited. Yeah, me too. And when it and, and then you leave the theater and you go because I have trouble admitting uh I have trouble processing how I feel about st- some stuff that I was really looking forward to immediately. Right. So I was like, I think that was about a seven out of ten. Like you're kind of like, oh, lying. when you left, you thought maybe I, well, like a C plus. Seven out of ten is higher than C plus, right? That's got to be that? a B minus. Seventy percent. That's a C minus. If we're being C- real. Yeah, that sounds worse. <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah. I, That's I, because they didn't allow for anything like anything less than a 60 was all of a sudden fail. Yeah. That's a huge fail range. Yeah. So I, I thought, think the problem is the I school thought a system. seven fe- felt like a B, right? <laughs> okay. Like, okay. I was like, that was decent enough. I think I enjoyed it. And gotcha. then as you're like walking around the rest of the day, go, oh, no, I don't know that I liked it. Right. Mm-hmm. So then because you, because you're lying to yourself. And then I went back to give it one more shot. As and you it, do. it lowered it, obviously, because I, yeah, I was like, okay, this is a five. And it, it is a respectable. Yeah. And some parts, obviously, some parts, because you're dealing with a really talented creative team, some parts are like, this is on par with the original. And then, but most of the time, it's like, it's the magic's just not happening right now. I have this wild theory that you can discredit all you want, and and listeners, you're more than welcome to discredit this theory as well, but I will probably hang on to it out of some form of delusion. Uh, I feel as though a super fan who grew up with something like Dumb and Dumber, or even I just read today, they're they're about to start Indiana Jones 5. Yes. And I look at movies like that, and I say... I wish I could be involved 
number one, because I think it'd be fun to work on one of those movies that I loved growing up. But also, I think if you get a super fan that's like married to the original source material that hasn't been muddled through all these years of every other project that they've been run through, is that maybe you can get a whiff of the original magic if you bring something like like uh, Peter Jackson brought to Lord of the Rings movies. He was such a big fanboy of the original material that he hadn't been sullied through the Hollywood system, and he was able to bring something amazing that did it justice. Whereas somebody like Spielberg's just, I mean, he's done, what, a million movies since the first three Indiana Jones ones, and then all of a sudden he he's out of touch with what, what made those movies magic. And I know he's trying to bring them into the new century, but it, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull didn't work, although... He, I wonder if he just sits back and looks at the finances and say, well, it made $100 million, so well, it did Well, if it had made $100 million, even Spielberg might not be able to work again because it made – worldwide, it made almost $800 million, Sure, yeah. Right? I, I, I was saying $100 million is like a good – like yeah. I was using it as an example. Yeah, but the example has to be higher than $100 Okay, so it <laughs> made $800 million and Spielberg goes, boom, still got it. Me yeah. and H. Ford. Yeah, uh, creatively the movies, uh, yeah, it, but again, there are scenes in Crystal Skull, even though it's not the best, where I'm like, there's 20 minute chunks here and there where I'm like, this is as good, this is an Indiana Jones level scene in a movie that overall isn't sure. living up to the grace. They have glimpses of it, but I think if they would hire a yes, like Peter Jackson fanboy or Nick Hoff. Or, or, if yeah. Spielberg were taking a meeting with me right now, I could improve Indiana Jones 5. Uh, you 100% could. I believe that. Wow, it would be we're easier. not debunked. I like yeah, it. It would be easier to uh, prove your point if you had an uh, existing resume of uh, work right. that showed that. For example, I remember back back in the day when uh, the American Pie movies were big. Right, so I go right. to the first American Pie, and I really enjoy it, right? Uh-huh. And I like the second one, too, I, although I thought they could do a few things differently, right? You get the same writer all three movies. By the third American Pie, I did not think it was a particularly great movie, right? right? And Was that American Wedding? It was American Wedding. One? Okay. And I, I just thought... And it's still, it was still a hit movie. Mm-hmm. But I was like, this is the one I, I'm not enjoying the most. Right. And when they finally did a reunion movie, they it was uh, new writers, new directors. It was all new, an all new creative team that loved American Pie. Okay. And knew how to relaunch this. So they gave American Reunion to John Hurwitz and Hayden Schlossberg. Right. And they had done the Howard, Harold and Kumar franchise, which I thought was a very good franchise. Uh, so I said, this is the right way to go. Give it to a fresh set of eyes who love the originals. Right. And I ended up thinking that American Reunion worked better than the uh, than American Wedding did. I right? had a hard time remembering American Reunion. Uh, I know I saw it. I know I was excited when I saw, oh, they're coming out with another one. This yeah. would feel like high school again for me. Uh, I can't remember it. It was a reunion movie. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, and it did 
worldwide, it did as well as the old ones, but domestically, it didn't. How was it? How was it received by critics? Critics didn't love it, but the, the uh, these they movies are didn't not love for it critics. Any, uh, how yeah. did audiences? How what was the uh, Rotten audiences, Tomato audience? Score audiences probably against? liked it as much as they liked the original movies. Right? Okay, so at least it didn't go down. It fits. It fits perfectly, and these guys lovingly made this movie. Okay, right? so, now those two guys. Plus a guy named Josh Heald, who who made the uh, Hot Tub Time Machine franchise, mm-hmm. are the creators of a YouTube premium series called Cobra Kai, right? Okay. Now, when Cobra Kai was announced, naturally fans of the Karate Kid trilogy thought, oh, you no. You being one of these. I am a big fan of the Karate Kid <laughs> movies, right? And uh, fans obviously thought, oh, no. These guys are going to make it too comedic. They don't. It's going to be bad. Right. But be, when I heard it's the guys responsible for American Reunion, I already knew we were in good hands because these guys know how to respect an original property, right? Rather than go to the originate uh, originator who may be out of steam. Yes. Yeah. Sick of it. And and they did a good job. I haven't seen season two of Cobra Kai, but season one. Here we go. This is uh, this week's edition of Hoff Recommends. Don't think twice. Take his advice. This is Hoff Recommends. Cobra Kai, season one for sure. And Michael Gelbart has assured me season two is watchable as well. Uh, Watchable is an understatement. Okay, he liked it a lot. So we're going to go ahead and recommend the whole series right now of Cobra Kai, season one and two, and they've signed on for season three. So that is this week's edition of Hoff Recommends. That was very good. And it's on YouTube Premium, so they'd have to subscribe, but it's free to subscribe. So you For can, like a week, right? For, no, you get one month free. So just please, listeners... Uh, watch the whole thing, and if remember to cancel within that month, and then you'll oh, be fine. I just oh, so when the uh, it was it wasn't the Super Bowl, it was the national championship college football game this year, and I had to sign up for a free month of CBS Premium to watch it on my Fire Stick, and I forgot to cancel it. Because once you do that on a Fire Stick, you have to like you can't cancel it on the Fire Stick. You have to go on your Amazon account and hit cancel. And I didn't do it. And I almost never check my credit card statements. But these last two months, I've checked them for whatever reason, and I've yeah. seen this five ninety nine. Uh-huh. And I was like, "Oh, what the heck did we order for five ninety nine from Amazon?" And and the, I, I ignored it last month. And this month, I saw it again. I was like, "Again, five ninety nine? I asked Sarah. I was like, "Do we order something?" She's like, "No." And I went in. And I saw it's that CBS Premium that I have not used since January. Six dollars every single month. What, you're at, you're their best case scenario. Yeah, it, and they know you're, that's going to happen. All yeah. these. I used to have. I. I think I told this joke once on stage. It was all these like weight loss machines that are like, and if you're unsatisfied, just return it for a full money back. I was like, you know, we're fat and lazy. You know your target audience. You think I'm going to walk this Bowflex back to the USPS and box it back up? No, I'm going to take it on the chin like every good American does, and it's going to sit in the closet and get dusty. I don't take these things on the chin. I, I, when I subscribe to something with a free month, I write down what day Listen, I subscribe. This is, you're a Canadian. This is a Canadian. Is not, I want the Americans. <laughs> I want the Americans to do the same. I want to help people remember to cancel your subscriptions that you don't want because there's companies all over the world that their their dream. They're like, okay, we'll give them a free month because we'll 
Because they'll forget. It's all based on us forgetting. Yeah. And people's and, entire and business models are based on other people forgetting. Three out of five people forget to yeah, cancel. This more crap. than that, probably. Right. Well, I'm one of them. I don't want. Did you cancel yet, CBS? I canceled it. All right. I can't. I I went on. It took me like 15 minutes to figure out how to do it on Amazon, and that's part of their strategy too, to just like get you to give up because you I, can't find it. I I am currently on a subscriber of Hulu. Oh my! God. For one dollar a month for a year, right? Okay. But I've got that date. You've got it on the iCal. I've got it. Gonna... I've got it down. I am not going over my. <laughs> that alarm's year. going off with seven different bells. Like, yeah. get rid of that dollar, Galbart. Well, what's it? What's it going to balloon up to after the year? Ten grand. Exactly. No, I don't know. It could be five ninety nine. Who knows? I might keep it. They might have actually got me this time because they gave me a year to get conditioned. And now you like Hulu? I do like Hulu. See, I'm not into the Hulu. I have a movie that I wrote and co-starred in that's on Hulu. Okay, let's give that a plug. If you guys if you got go to Hulu, the favorites, it's a folks, Christmas flick. It's a Christmas flick, but it, believe it or not, it's in the favorites section on Hulu. <laughs> so if you go to <laughs> favorites, and then uh, you can find in there, li- you go to movies. Just and tell then, them to search it. You're like an yeah. old man giving directions. I'm, no, I'm You're trying to make help. a right on the I'm on trying Lincoln. to just, help. Just say the address. I'm trying <laughs> to help it up people. On their GPS. I want people to have a nice life. <laughs> it's called well, it's, it's called a very cool Christmas, and it's on Hulu, and it's in the popular section in, on Hulu. A very cool Christmas, and starring yeah. Michael Gelbart no, no. and uh, and uh, Her- Hennington Harrington. You're like an old man describing people. What's his name? George Harrison. No, no, that's no, a Beatle. It's actually George, George Hamilton. Hamilton. Yeah, it stars George Hamilton, and it's it's a happy Christmas. Georgie Georgie Hamilton. With a, it'll it'll make you cry a little bit. It'll make you. It's laugh. a good yeah early but, December flick, right? Yeah, it's an early it December. Anytime. It's not. It's not. No, it's not late December. It's not classic Christmas, is it? Well, it's it's not it, Home Alone territory. They got it in not, their they got it in their popular you section. Got it in the favorites. You're right. Yeah, uh, but I gotta say, folks, I mean. There's there's flaws to this movie. It's not <laughs> it's not a perfect film by any means. It where do you rank it amongst Christmas flicks? Is it going to make top twenty ever? Yeah. Yes. Top twenty Christmas flick ever. Okay. Yeah. I, last year I did a top ten. It did not make the top ten on the Hofcast. Yeah, but you asked me about twenty. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'd put it at number twenty. Sure. Oh, why you not? give it a strong twenty. Okay. Then yeah, it's worth checking out. See, that's why I feel like it's an early December. It's like Christmas is starting to come around, like December third. You're like, let me check this out on Hulu. But that's why when I talk about other people's movies, it's with a degree of understanding because I know what didn't work in mine. Right. And I I continue to write movies, and I've written I guess thirty episodes of TV shows, and. It doesn't always turn out exactly as you plan. Some and some some things you really think are going to kill, don't, and some things you don't believe in do. So. Stand up's the same way. Yeah, it's you, the same way. You try way. stand up. I have lines in jokes that I'm currently doing where I'm like, I sort of understand why this is funny, but I don't know why it gets the reaction it gets. And there are certain lines in there that I'm like, I love this line, but it never gets quite what I think it deserves. Yeah, and there are certain moments in your act too where you're like. Doing the funniest, what you believe are your smartest jokes, the things you're most proud of, uh-huh. things that normally kill every night, and for whatever reason, on any given night, the things that you think, the things that you worked so hard and labored over, don't work. But some random thing that you ad lib gets mm-hmm. the biggest laugh of the night, and, and you're like, I did nothing for that. And here's the, and I get in trouble for this at least once a year. 
and most recently for my Just for Laughs showcase yeah. is I had these new jokes that I'd been doing like a week and a half, and I was like, ooh, these are the ones. These are um, killing it with these. And they, I was so excited about them, and they were doing well, and I was learning new things about them every show. And I so I did those for the showcase, and I just tanked. <laughs> it was abysmal. Well, that's the thing, though. And then my manager got mad. She's like, why are you doing new things? And I was like, well, I, I like them. And you also thought they were ready. You I thought they were ready. I thought I was excited to do them. So that's better than doing some like old crummy joke from seven years ago. That I'm like, let me wheel this turd out. It's a weird thing with managers because if you would kill that night with the same new stuff, she'd go, "It's so good that you did those new things." You're a genius. Because because we never know until it's already out of your mouth. That's the thing. Yeah, she's right. I I should have done something that was at least more trustworthy. Here's the one thing that she also knows about JFL is that some people are going to be at Just for Laughs this year who bombed on their showcase. Uh-huh. And some will have been, some will have killed and not gotten Just for Laughs. Right. Because it's all like, it's all mixing and matching different acts and who you owe this to and who you owe that to. And there's so many political reasons behind it that aren't about comedy that someone who was on your showcase and bombed will be at Just for Laughs. I've seen that. Yeah. I, I saw it a few years ago. The gal that got it, she just absolutely tanked. And a guy that just murdered, like objectively murdered. Yeah. And I was like, he well, he's got it, and he didn't go. And, and I was sometimes, like, really? Yeah, and, and, and the argument that some would make would be like, well, maybe the person who bombed had a certain unique perspective about the world, and the person who killed was kind of hacky and pandering. Sure. And it's like, that's also could not be true. You can have the most unique voice in comedy kill and still not get it because you're not repped by so-and-so mm-hmm. or because it's just not your year and i watched it i know the difference between a hack killing and a good comic killing and i was like well that should be the one and i honestly didn't think much of her because mm-hmm. she tanked so hard that i yeah. didn't even like think twice about it until i saw the list get released and i was like what yeah huh well there's always a reason behind huh? everything yeah hmm? And I see her name on all kinds of lists, and I've never seen her do well, not once. I hope you don't get too frustrated by it, because I've learned sometimes I've gotten very few things I didn't think uh, I deserved on merit, you right. know? But there are occasions, I'm sure, where he was friends with so-and-so or currently rep by so-and-so, and there's always a story behind it. Yeah. No, uh, I'm not worried about it. And sometimes that story will fall in your favor, too, you right. know? I'm not worried about it. Is that a kid crying? I don't know if they can hear it, but that's for sure a kid crying. That's one of my kids. It, it went away quick. The The crying stopped. That can be a good or bad thing. You going to tell the, the audience about this? Or? No. no okay. I'll let that die between us. All right. Good. <laughs> um, yeah. So writing and starring in the movie, was that a good experience overall? Overall, like, you know... Um, like anything, you have a vision in your head of what something's supposed to look like. Right. So being there on set, uh, I would have rather directed it rather than been in it now that I look back. Yeah, as the writer, yeah. I feel like you should always want to direct what your vision At the time, was. I was content to just play like the uh, the goofball villain in the movie. Do you right? think that would have been an option had at the time you said, by the way, I want to direct this? Do you think you could have had, you could have gotten that done? If I had pushed hard for it and and thought of it at the time, uh-huh. I I would have made a passionate case for it, but it wasn't until we were shooting where I was like, 
I directing would have been the right uh, choice. Right. Although, uh, the truth be told, I mean, it's a you know, it's a, a a low budget Christmas movie that took twelve days to make or something like that. And the truth, you know, which low, is no time at all for a movie. yeah, a million two budget, uh, which is low by movie standards. So it was like and how to do box office. Well, it was never in theaters. It was only on television. It was yeah. on Lifetime, and and and, and has then, it made them money? Probably it's the, made the Hulu them, deal. It made it, it, Hulu wasn't the thing that made them the money. They've they've made money. It's been on TV for so long and on DVD for so long. They made a very sizable return on it. Yeah. Right? But I mean, I've written a bunch of movies since then that have been optioned. Uh-huh. Optioned folks means they give you a little bit of money to hold your movie for a period of time while they decide to make it or raise the money. Uh-huh. And none of the other ones have been made yet. There's like seven other ones. But the point You've is. Written- like eight movies total? I've written eight movies, five or six different pilots, which are TV scripts. Sure. And uh, a novel, which I've adapted to pilot. Okay. And I've also uh, written on like 30 shows. So I've written like episodes of like 30 different shows. Yeah. Yeah. Do You, you prefer stand-up to writing though, correct? Um, I prefer some a level of stand-up that I haven't gotten to to writing. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> okay. Like, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, it exists. Yeah. Comedically, I'm hap- I'm proud of my stand up, and I, I love it and all that. But you I'm would have kidding. to build an audience that I didn't take the time to build. I mean, I've been on late night talk shows and I've been on TV a whole bunch. But uh, when you're a not famous headliner right. who plays a local comedy club, and, and every week they do, you know, every week in a comedy club. You'll have a not fame, usually a not famous headliner who's good enough to headline clubs right. and has the credits to get him that job in the first place. Right. But there are things about being the not famous yet very good headliner with a few TV credits that aren't the most pleasant. Like they drop the checks uh, during your set. You know, yes. Yeah, so the audience, the pays. audience ordered drinks and food, and and it, for a headliner, he's going to be up there between forty-five minutes and an hour, and somewhere around thirty-five minutes, they're going to say, "Here's how much you owe. Here's what yeah, your bill is." Yeah, and if you're is. doing forty-five, they might drop it in the twenty-minute mark. Yeah, right? that interrupts any flow, any momentum, because all of a sudden now they're thinking about money. They're looking down. They're doing math. Yeah, they're it's paying during your set, right? Yeah. So you're yeah. The, there's a shift on how well you're doing during your set. Yeah. Now that Do you have a joke that you tell at that time sometimes like, i start doing crowd work lamb. with the audience members who are paying you yeah know? for sure uh and you try your best to still make it very entertaining mm-hmm. uh and you also try to point out uh you remember how i was killing for 20 minutes and now you're a little quieter it's because <laughs> you're all paying your bills right now you make them aware of it i make them aware that i didn't suddenly get way less funny you, you know, know I, that happened when i recorded my album I was doing that, and luckily I did it over two shows, but it, the check drop, for whatever reason, happened, probably because I was doing the same material for both shows, it happened on the same joke for both of them, and I love that joke, and it kind of, it doesn't get the response that I wish it had gotten, because both nights, or both shows, it was on check drop, and and when it came time to releasing it, I, I was looking at it, I was like, do I even want to put this on there because the laughs aren't as good as the rest of the thing? And then I ended up putting it on there because I'm like, okay, yeah, it's been recorded. I'm done. I don't want to do this joke for yeah. another three years. Yeah. So there it is. And so it exists on there, and I'm proud of the joke, but I'm not proud of the laughs. Yeah, and that's 
something that happens when you're uh, yeah, you, you see, if you were a famous headliner, or at least had built an audience big enough right. to say to them, I'm going to come do your club, but the, no check drops during my act, mm-hmm. I I didn't develop a, uh, um, a, a enough of a fan base to call those kind of shots. Sure. Right? Now, I could still do that, but it would have to involve a little bit more investment in my time. I'd have to care about having a uh, 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 building a YouTube channel. I'd have to care about building a podcast audience much like you have, and I would have to continue on a daily basis to care about my social media presence and build an audience. Right. And then you can make that case. But the way it is to be a uh, nationally touring headliner without that, I prefer writing scripts and selling them and possibly maybe show running a show yeah. would be a better life than being the not famous but still well respected headliner with a couple of credits <laughs> is not the best. Right. Yeah. No, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Okay. So, I, I don't like something that I don't have that connection, that immediate response. Anything I've ever written, anything I've ever put out, and even I, I talked about it on last week's podcast, you know, just like doing this and I don't get to hear any audience interaction. So I'm less in love with this type of medium or or writing something than I am with getting that immediate response, even at that level where I can headline a club, but people aren't necessarily coming to see me. They're coming to the club to be entertained. Yeah, exactly. Now, I still love that more than other things. Uh, this, I mean, it allows you an t- opportunity to, to live in town, like to stay in town, and it's much more lucrative the and writing. The writing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, there's a lot of great things about it. The hard parts, of course, are uh, I've written like several movies that didn't get made or several TV shows that didn't get made. Is, isn't but, that just soul crushing? When you no, write something and you put like months and months of effort into something and then it doesn't go anywhere a lot of them and have, it just dies? I don't, a lot of them. I wouldn't call them just dies because nothing is just dead. Uh, you it, still got hope for your 2011 you, rom-com. Until, I have hope for every script I've ever written. Uh, you still have hope. I I still have. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, my, I didn't mean that to come out like such a. You still. Well, you have also hope? called anything you that you write it? or anything you do, and I want the I want listeners to remember this in their own lives too, because you declared something that I finished or anyone finished dead, dead. But you really don't know in any part of your life when something is going something that you thought perceived as either a failure or something that didn't quite work out is going to turn around because you did it, right? Uh-huh. There's wins along the way that you don't realize. Sure. But first of all, it's only going to make you a better writer to have written it. But here's an example. First screenplay I ever wrote. Man, the Hofcast just became motivational, you guys. I, I'm hoping, those. yeah, the first screenplay I ever wrote. Michael was, almost sat up for this. He almost, he, he rolled over. Sit up. He rolled I'm, over. Now I'm this fr- must be good. No, well, I don't I'm want to interrupt. Go ahead, down. go ahead. All right, the first screenplay I ever wrote when I was 23 years old. I thought this will make a great movie. You know, you're young and naive, uh-huh. and uh, so I wrote the movie. I was super excited about it. I managed to get good meetings with agents and managers about yes. it. They said it was really funny. Yes, but nobody took it around, right? Okay, so it wasn't shopped ever. Nobody tried to sell. it. No one it. tried to sell it. Right. And uh, years passed, and I got writing jobs, and things were good in my life. But I was like, I want that movie to. I wish that movie had gotten made. Uh-huh. The one day, ten years after I'd written it. Someone said, hey, you were recommended us to write on these two animated series. Uh-huh. Do you have any samples of your writing that are like this tone? And they told me what kind of shows they and would there be. there was. You had it. And I said, 
wait a minute, the first screenplay I ever wrote has various scenes that are exactly what they want to read. Okay. So I went, here's a scene from a movie I wrote when I was 23, and uh, here's another scene from that movie and another. And they said, you've got the job. This is exactly the tone. Wow. So you don't know at any point in your life when something like that, you're going to be able to pull from anything that you've ever done in your life at some point. It's true, Michael. So to declare anything dead would be foolish because there's an example just now of how it was completely revived. Now, I don't know or care if that first movie I ever wrote will get made, right? But I do know that I was able to get two really great writing jobs because it existed. (laughs) I have a joke that I once wrote that I think is dead. That was, uh, I think it's silly for someone to bet the farm because best case scenario, you win. Now you've got two farms. That's twice the work. (laughs) (laughs) That joke's dead. No. No, you think there's merit there? You could be writing a script one day, and that could be a line of dialogue between two of the characters. Comedy is like Hold a... on, write script about the farming joke. Uh, no, you don't write a script about uh, the farming joke. No, it's joke. based around the farming joke. No, you don't want to write a script... I'm taking meetings now based around <laughs> Bet the Farm. You've convinced me. All right, well, Your I don't... Your almost sit-up perch has brought me to see the light. At farm. any given mo- moment, you can use anything that you created in any other way in your life. So you don't know where the winds are coming from when you do something. And sometimes you go, well, the only way I'll be happy is if this happens. But really, there could be things along the way uh, that were winds the whole time. Or something could, unexpected could occur that you never thought of in your life because you had written that joke. You know what's funny is I wrote a... Uh, I wrote a um uh, what do you call it? Not a treatment. What do you call it when you write a sit for a sitcom that's currently on? Like you write a a spec. A spec. Okay. Yeah. yeah I wrote a spec for a sitcom, and I, I. I mean, this was eight years ago that I wrote it, and I was getting disheartened. I was like, "Well, this, you know, soon this will be off the air, and nobody's going to want to read this spec." And then a writer told me, "No, just go in and change the names on it, and then you've got an original." That's right. <laughs> I was like, that I is did that genius. Once. I wrote a spec and I turned it into an original as well. Yeah? Uh-huh. That's uh, that's, that's what I'm genius. going to do. When yeah. it goes off the air, I'm going to be like, nope, now this is a uh, an original. These characters, Why they do you sound have to like wait for them to, to go off the air? Just do it now. I suppose you're right. Yeah. You but don't... I, I don't have a lot of people clamoring for me to submit, so I don't Well, yeah, but the key to clamoring is to have something that you can submit. Right now, you don't have this. As soon as you change the names and alter a few things, you're back. I'm back, baby. First, be back, then then submit. All right. Well, I hope you... the listeners find this inspiring in some way. I think they will. I think they will. And if you were setting up, I think they'd even get. They more don't of it. know that I'm lying down. You're right. You told yeah, they, nobody them. knows what's happening in here right now. Well, Michael, thank you for coming on the podcast. I friend. loved it. Hey, folks, if you want to follow me. On Instagram, it's real Gelbart. That's all the time we have. Um, <laughs> go ahead. Sorry. That's on all at media. real Gelbart. R e a l g e l b a r t. That's on Instagram. On uh, Twitter, it's Michael Gelbart. Although I don't tweet as much as I should. Okay. And I guess that's it for today. Not on Facebook. I'm on Facebook. Michael Gelbart on Facebook. Website with tour dates. Michael uh, Gelbart. Well, I, I haven't updated my website oh. since, uh, since 2017. Oh, Michael, come on! I write every week, though. Do so. you have Do you have live shows coming up where people? Can I'm see doing a, sh- a set tonight in Venice. Oh, if you if anyone. This uh, won't come out tonight, so that's uh, that. All right, I'm at the San Diego that. County Fair this Friday night. 
this Friday, which is the June the seventh. Still not going to be available. San Diego. Oh, it'll be out by then. June seventh. If you're in the San Diego area, go check out Michael Gelbart. He's going to be doing his comedy stylings. It'll be the best. Hey, thank you so much for having me on the show. I hope it was the best episode yet. Thanks for coming on. I'll let them decide. All right. <laughs>